My question is, has God embedded eternity in your heart? What a wonderful phrase. God has embedded eternity in each person's heart. When I was younger, I had a huge imagination, really, really big imagination, still do, like guilty, but I used to dream that I was like on some hero's journey, you know, the main character of my own life. And I, th this would not come to life more grander than I w when I was outside and I was playing. I think I feel bad for this upcoming generation because it's like, do they really get to play outside? They really get to dream and be on that hero's journey. I used to climb trees and gather nuts and berries and pretend that I was just traveling along and fulfilling some big quest. And this was even made better and bigger in my friend's property in Granberry, a hundred acres. A hundred acres of woodlands fields, meadows, creeks, and streams full of crawdads and massive old trees and old barns. And we would all play together like we were on some hero's journey and we were like going through an epic story and we were doing epic things. Am I the only one that ever dreamed like that? And this is the perfect backdrop to Psalm 23, this hero's journey. Brene Brown in her book, Rising Strong, talks about how innovators and filmmakers and creators weave together and create stories of heroes, right? Ordinary people like you and I being faced with a complex issue, challenging them, and they have to rise up to the occasion and usually in the story, act one is like the issue comes. They are there and you see their life, their backdrop. And act two is like now they have to face this abominable giant or whatever they have to do. And they have to find out like what is the weapon that they're going to employ? What is the method they're going to use? And through fall and trial and error, they find out that the solution was always with them. And they have to just be true to their own experience and to their own armor, if you will. And this is David's epic hero's journey. This is his story. This is mature David looking back over his life in Psalm 23 and seeing and, and narrating his, his life as an epic hero's journey. So I want to read Psalm 23 with you. And it starts as this. So just imagine, just live out the hundred acres of big trees and the valleys and all the troubles and tri tribulations you've had to go through. Just hear that as we read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me 
and the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all of the days of my life, and I will live forever in the house of the Lord. Wow. I think this is probably David's most famous psalm, the one that has inspired song and art even, the one that probably most of us are familiar with, probably the only psalm that we can probably quote from beginning to end. And this is just as much of God's journey and God's story as it is David's. Because what we see here in Psalm 23 is David is living out this life, but God has complete and utter control over it. It is God who leads us and that it is we who follow. It is God who provides the provisions and we just graciously accept those provisions. And interesting enough, it is the table in the presence of our enemies that God provides. Not a table where we play out our epic story of vengeance on our enemies under the guise of God's will. Not us paying back all the people that have done us wrong, but this table set out in the presence of our enemies so that by our story, they can have the opportunity to take part in this bounty that God provided in the presence of our enemies. Our enemies may not be so clearly defined. God is the host, and we are just enjoying the bounty. This is God's journey as much as it is David's. For the glory of his name, David writes, I'm living out my hero's journey, but you are the hero as well. We can see in movies like how someone approaches a dark time and they have to reflect back on who they really are, right? Like the answer was always there, but they just had to find it, right? After putting on someone else's method and someone else's armor, they find out that the answer they always had. And this is what David realizes when he's writing. This is his answer. It was you, God. You are the host. Your justice and righteous mingle together for the good of everybody, for the glory of your name. So what can we learn from Psalm 23 journey, our hero's journey? Well, act one, you can learn that the knowledge of God forms the knowledge of self. The knowledge of God forms the knowledge of self. The proximity that David has to the shepherd informs his actions, his beliefs about himself and God and others, which is why he writes about the table and God being the host and the enemy having the opportunity to take part of the bounty. So many enemies that David fought, yet he realizes in the end, it is God who makes the final call on who gets to share in the banqueting table. The knowledge of God forms the knowledge of self. 
And this is beautiful because this plays a huge role in David naming God as the shepherd. You realize that when David is writing this, he is a king. He was a lover, he was a soldier, he was a songwriter, but many things. But why in Psalm 23 he chooses to write about a shepherd? His original work. Because in the hero's journey, when you finally reach the climax of the fight and you have to put on an armor, David realizes that his original calling as a shepherd is who he really is. God has many names. He is a comforter, a provider. And we can see all of these names in Psalm 23, but in the end, when the climax of the battle comes, David sees him as a shepherd. And that leads us to our very important next part, Act Two. How do we identify who we are is you and I, if God is our shepherd, then we must be what? Sheep, right. We don't often, I mean, we see this beautiful picture when we, when we hear Psalm 23, but we don't often see ourselves as sheep, right? Like when you read Psalm 20, 23, are you seeing yourself as a fluffy woolen animal? No, you're not. You're seeing yourself as a person that's going through ups and downs, or maybe you're seeing someone else going through these trials and tribulations. But for us, who are called into this great light and into this work of teaching and preaching and bringing people closer to God, our first and foremost duty is to recognize that you and I are sheep. We are following the shepherd. If we are sheep, that means our first duty is to follow God. We cannot lead if we don't know who we are. In the hero's journey, the hero cannot rise up unless the knowledge that he has informs who he is. And he is a sheep, and God is the shepherd. If we preach and we teach from a position like that, we can really change the world. Because when there is fog up here, there is haze down here. If we don't understand who we are, we really can't overcome the battles on our journey, the hero's journey. We are sheep. We struggle as sheep. We do sheep things. We fall down. We get lost. That's part of the journey. And the most important part of Act 2 is that our struggle gives us the key to our success, us understanding who we are and our values and unlocking that. So, Act 3. Can't get to Act 3 without the key, which is our value is not in who we are, but in whose we are. If we're just sheep, how do we have any inherent value? What makes us truly special? David recognizes that what makes him special is that he belongs to the great shepherd. It is his role. It is giving God glory through all the mistakes that David made. He realizes that finding all of these things and, 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 and getting these treasures and fighting these battles and, and winning victory after victory is meaningless unless your value is derived 
from who you really are. And who he really is, is God's. He belongs to God's. We need, we need to talk about the unsaid thing here, the main component. So if we know who we are and we, the knowledge of God informs us, that's act one, our story, our backdrop, who we really are, and then we go on this journey and we find out that our value isn't really who we really are, then how do we overcome the battle? How do we face these valleys? Do we just lie back and let God carry us? Do we just say, I have no idea, I'm just going? What we need is steadfastness. Psalm 23, the overarching theme is steadfastness. That's where the real character development comes. You can't skip day two. Can't skip the hard thing. You can read through Psalm 23 and you could be like, wow, green pastures, streams, valley of the shadow of dark of death. Oh, right, blessings and bountings and all of this stuff in the table. I want that. Let's skip to the good stuff. But you can't. Do you know the bulk of the movie, when you watch it, is the struggle, right? Our lives are struggle. We love to just be like telling a story like, I was once like this and then I fell, but then I got back up and then I'm doing all of these amazing things. But the struggle we cannot ignore, that is where the real character development is and that is where the crucial part of Psalm 23 lies, because the language that David uses just highlights and weaves the closeness of God that we can see that it is God's journey as much as it is David's journey. How? Well, you read, the Lord is my shepherd. He does all of these things. I am narrating my life, right? And God, I'm looking back and I'm seeing God do all these amazing things. But as soon as David gets to the valley of the shadow of death, as soon as the struggle comes, this is why we can't skip this part. God draws close. God moves in. Even when you can't see it, even when your financial burden or your wayward child or your stress of life, whatever it is that's plaguing you, in the valley of that shadow of death, God comes close. The language changes. He is no longer the shepherd. He moves from third person to second person. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They lift me up. They carry me through. You can't skip the struggle. And a lot of us, we hate playing this waiting game. We hate the waiting. <laughs> The waiting is not where we want to be because the waiting is in the valley. The waiting is in the dark. The waiting is in the struggle. And the waiting is day two. We want to skip the waiting, but I'm telling you, God can't draw close until you get to the waiting. Waiting is a discipline to learn and not a problem to solve. It is in the waiting it is in the valley of the shadow of death where the hero 
you and I on our journey find out what we're really made of and we develop the steadfastness that is needed to see that what God has put in our hearts, that eternity can carry us through. And we see over our life, God has been with me. He drew close to me. James 1, verse 1 and 2 says, this letter is from James. I, a slave of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, you could add on my hero's journey. I am writing from the 12 tribes, Jewish believers, sacred abroad, scattered abroad greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity of great joy. We need the steadfastness. Those trials in your life, they produce something inside of you. Maybe you've traveled so far through your life that that original person back there, and now you're, you're over here and you're not that same person. But as you look over your life, friend, teacher, part-time coffee brewer, I see I'm a child of God first. That's who I am. And when I forget that, how can I do anything else successfully? I need the steadfastness to go on my hero's journey and to walk by faith and know that in the valley of my shadow of death, God draws close and that I can't skip day two. And God's gonna be with me and God's gonna be with you. Solomon, son of King David, wrote this, Ecclesiastes 3, 11. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work, your story that God's writing out from beginning to end. Actually, we do know the end of the story. If we make the choice to see what God is doing and be a part of it, to ask the questions and stay curious and see God as our great shepherd, we belong to God. This is his journey as it is yours. It requires you to know who you are, to know that your value is derived because God made you valuable, and steadfastness to trust him and know that the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it.